Now, if you have your Bible in Matthew chapter 6, let's all stand together. And uh, we'll read a few verses here, all right? Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Everybody got your Bible? Everybody got Bible? Amen? Hallelujah. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on it. Now, he asked a question here. And I want us to read the question together. Ready? Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Verse 33. Drop down. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's go to the throne of grace one more time and ask God to help us. Brother Dean Eisenhower, how about you praying, my brother? Amen. You can be seated. We have looked at the ideal of... Yes, sir. Okay. We have looked at the ideal of determining your treasure. And uh, that is found in lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. The ideal being, you're either laying up earthly treasures or you're laying up eternal treasures, and the goal is determining your treasure. Then we looked at the devotion to your treasure. And of course, the Word of God tells us the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body should be full of light. But if thine eye be evil... Oh, by shall be full of darkness. Therefore, the light that is in there, they be darkness. How great is that darkness? My, what a question. And we talked about it speaks of the devotion that once you determine your treasure, you will give it a devotion to a treasure. And then we looked at last week at the demand of the treasure. Bible is very clear. He says this, but no man can serve two masters. Uh, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. Ye cannot, ye cannot serve God and mammon. That word mammon is a is a is a is a word meaning wealth. It's a, uh, means wealth, and. Um, and well, of course, we looked last week and said there's two lords, two loves, two loyalties. And uh, now that we determine our treasures, I hope you have, we have determined what we're going to give a devotion to. Then last week, we understand once we give a, determine what a treasure is and what we're going to give devotion to, that particular treasure, whatever it is, will demand us to serve it. It would demand lordship. It would demand a love. It would demand a loyalty. Now, tonight, however, I want to bring all of that together 
with this ideal, the destination of our treasure. And I'm going to make this statement, please get this statement. Your treasure will always lead you to what you trust. If in the last three weeks you have thought that God was so concerned about your treasure, your money, or whatever you have determined is your treasure. If you have thought he is so concerned about your treasure, then you have missed it. He is not concerned about your treasure, but what he wants is this, is that your treasure will lead you to a trust. He, his desire is that our treasure would lead us to that thing, to that place, if you will, that we would put our trust in Him if we have an eternal treasure. If we have an earthly treasure, you're going to have a problem. You're in love. The Lord is an earthly treasure. You love an earthly treasure. Your loyalty, it's going to be very difficult to trust a God that's not Lord, you don't love, and there's no loyalty to. It's going to be very difficult. That's the reason why that many times people struggle with trust is because there is no there is no lordship there. There's no love there. There's no loyalty there. And uh, so then when they get over here and they're required to trust God, then it's a it's a tremendous struggle because your treasure will be the the will always lead you to what you're going to trust. One of an illustration, if your if your treasure is money and your devotion will be to money, your Lord will be money, your love will be money, the love of money is the root of all evil, the Bible says. And your loyalty will be to money. So you will trust money. But you won't trust the Lord. You will trust that which you've given, have determined is your treasure. So he brings it all to this place. And the destination he's wanting to go with here is our treasure. All right? We find... And I, as a matter of fact, don't, don't miss it. True spirituality is a right attitude about wealth. Uh, God ain't bit bashful about talking about it, all right? Let's look this way, all right? 16 of 38 parables deals with money. One of 10 verses in the New Testament deal with money. Five, there's 500 verses on prayer. There's less than 500 verses on faith. There's over 2,000 verses on money. Man, if you're one of them say, man, all he does is ever preaches about money, you have a problem with this Bible. I mean, you have a problem with God. For we see here 
that the Bible says that, that, that this thing of money. Now, in chapter number 6, he comes and he, he begins to, to move us now with verse 25. Therefore, the word therefore is saying this. It, it is, a, a, let, let me give you a good example of, of, of therefore. We, we've been on determining, we've been on devotion, we've been on demand. Therefore is a stop sign. That God is saying, I'm going to take everything that I've taught you here, now I'm going to you to put it in practice after therefore. Now he gives us all of this, and then after the therefore, he says, here, put it in practice. And the practice is this, I don't want you to worry. We'll take care of you. I got it all under control. That's, that's the, the whole thing is, it's a trust that's free from worry. As a matter of fact, you'll find the heart of this message is, quit your worrying. Three times in this passage, from verse 25, he makes this statement, take no thought for it. It means, now, uh, how many knows what worrying is? Amen. How many worries? Praise God. I'm guilty. Take no thought for it. Verse 31. Therefore, take no thought for it. Saying. Verse 34. 31. Therefore, take no thought. Saying. Verse 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. What he's saying is this. It's literally saying is this. I don't want you worried about your future if, if you got the treasure right. If the treasure's right. If your treasure is earthly, huh? I'm going to have a hard time telling you not to worry. Got this country in a mess. If your treasure is eternal, I got good news for you. You don't have to worry anymore. He'll take care of it. The idea of take no thought means an anxious concern. It means to have anxiety. It means to be panicking, if you will. The idea, now, now this is not about planning or stewardship. Uh, the Bible's very clear that God, God's not against us planning. But five times the Lord questions, give us a question. And in those questions, He gives us the answer to how to live this. All right? He asks five questions, and tonight we're going to give you them five questions. Number one is this. Or five reasons why we should not worry. Number one, unfaithful trust. Verse 25, he asks the question, Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Here's the question. Is all that life consists of is what we eat and what we put on. 
Is that life? Is that everything? Is that, is that, is that the total makeup of what we are and who we are? Well, if you're here lost tonight, yes. But if you're saved, no. Praise God. I, I'm more than body and more than meat and raiment. There is a Holy Ghost of God that lives on the inside. I'm an eternal being that abides on the inside. I'm more than just what I eat and what I wear. So much more. I got a God that lives on the inside. I have a Holy Ghost of God that lives on the inside. I'm more than, I'm a child of the Holy God. I'm much more than that. We find he has the ideal that God ties us and he said, uh, heavenly values ex- exceed earthly concerns. Has the ideal, you can't serve two masters and the consequences of an evil eye. He, he, he made this statement, he that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye and considers not that the poverty should come upon him. What it does, it moves us from God's word and makes us unfaithful to who we who should be our master. I, I wish I could tell you I've done this well. I don't think I do it well. I wished I could. I want to. My desire is to. But there are times that uh, that that tonight best I know how to, I'm trusting God. But there's times that I find myself. Moving back to what I can finagle around, what I can fix. But listen, what Mark four nineteen says: and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and listen, and the lust of other things entering in. Now listen to what it does: choke the word, and it becometh un fruitful. Did you get that? It becomes unfruitful. Listen what 1 Timothy said. He said in 6-9, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Whoa. It is, number one, an unfaithful trust. Whatever you trust as your treasure, if it is earthly, it will disappoint you somewhere. Let me just go a step further. If you put your trust in people, odds are they're going to disappoint you too. I just would to God we'd all realize we're dust. And if you get wet, you ain't nothing but a dirt ball. Amen? That's it. And, and when, do, when did we arrive that we could ever pass judgment on anybody else? Whoa. 
When we worry, it is an unfaithful trust. Number two, when we worry, it's an unreasonable trust. He said this. Now the question demanded an answer. And is not life more than the meat and the body than raiment? Now that question is directed against the world that lives as though the physical is all there is in life. He, he mentions three essentials. Notice he said food, drink, and clothing. Food, drink, and clothing. And every one of them deal with a physical body. You young ladies, boy, I'm so glad you're here. But when you get an opportunity, is the first picture you take of your, is yourself. I'm going to bring a message for long if God allows me to. I'm going to tell you something. This, we, we, we got a generation eat up with pride. Absolutely eat up with it. Let me give you just a preview of pride. It's all about you. It's all about you. Number two, you're unteachable. You're, too, you're, too, you're unteachable. You're unteachable. Now, you don't want more. You just want more of what somebody else has got. Pride. It's eating us up. It's killing us. It's destroying. And it, it directs us. Because food and drink and clothes is all about the body. But if you're saved again, praise God, we're so much more. And, and now, those things in themselves, food, I like food. Amen. I like Pepsi-Cola's. I gotta say that because some reprobate will leave. I'd say, man, he likes to drink. If I said, man, I like drink. Some reprobate will leave. I'd say, he likes to drink. Oh, no, no, idiots. I bet you call us. Hey, hey, I, 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 I like wearing clothes. If you had this body, you'd, you'd cover it too. Say amen. But you know what? It becomes wrong. When that becomes your purpose, your purpose for living, when that becomes what you live for, that becomes what you do. I've seen grown individuals fall all to pieces if a service goes long and they miss a lunch appointment. The purpose, if that is your purpose, then it's out of balance and there's nothing on the inside and your treasure is all wrong because it becomes your purpose, it becomes your focus. And we act as though life consists only in materialistic terms. Food, drink, clothing. And the media is a master at selling this. As selling this. He don't get any better than this. Go with the gusto. Have it your way. Everything in the media is to feed that materialistic treasure. Why, you, you're not in. If 
you don't have the latest this, that, and this, and that. It's amazing. And the media, and they've convinced thousands that an ever-increasing getting is where happiness lies. If we can just get something else. And the truth, and you know what? They're, they're, they, they, they seek to convince us that the product will guarantee satisfaction. Guarantee. But can I say this? We're never asking, Lord, do I need this? Lord, do you want me to have this? Lord, will this bless you? Will you get glory out of it? And when we start down this road, we lose sight of the eternal. Now, don't miss this. It's buying in to the ideal of the secular humanist. That man is nothing more than a product of time plus chance. Nothing more than a highly evolved animal who only goes around once and needs to get all the gusto he can. And we bought into that. Romans 13, 14. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Number three. We worry. When we worry, it is an unnecessary trust. Totally wasted. Someone is saying that something like 85 to 90% of what we worry about never happens. Never happens. But I'm saying biblically, it's an unnecessary trust. Matthew 6, 26. Behold, the fowls are there. Matthew 6, 28. Consider the lilies of the field. The Lord based three objects He gave us to tell you and I that it's unnecessary for us to worry. Object lesson number one, the birds, the fowls of the air. He said this, They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, and they're they're, they're falling off the poles and they're worried to death. They're pulling their feathers out. They don't know what in God's name. The weather turned bad. It's cold weather. There's no, what in God's name are we going to do? No, pray not. Here's what they're doing. Yet your father, now let's stop right there. He may not be your father. He may not be. I'm assuming all you fathers is like I am, that if my child come to me and was hungry, I'd move heaven and earth to feed them. If they were clothed, I'd put, I'd put some clothes on them. Matter of fact, I, I'm assuming most of you fathers are like I am. Uh, and, and by the look of these young people right here, ain't nobody starving to death. You're, fed, you're being fed pretty good. Truth of the matter is, behold, your heavenly Father feedeth them. Here's the question. Are ye not much better than they? God said, 
It's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Let me, you, you say, but preacher, uh, do, do you really? Yeah, I, 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 I know that, but, 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 uh, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta do this and I gotta hang on to, you, you don't understand how I I go, no. What you're saying is, you're saying that the Heavenly Father can feed the birds. I, I read somewhere and I, I don't have exactly facts. I meant to look it up earlier and forgot it, but it takes well over, over 500, uh, train cars a day to feed all the birds in the world. Some, it's, it's an astronomical amount. And, and ever since creation, God's been feeding them all right on time. He even used a, He even used some to be busboys one time for the men of God. And He feeds them. See, if God created us, He assumes responsibility to provide for His creation if you are His heavenly Father. He's not going to abandon His, his people, His children. Two things to keep in mind. As created in His image, we have a special place in creation. I love this. I, I know, and I, 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 got, I visited the old lady, bless her heart, and I love this precious lady. And I didn't tell her no different because I wouldn't have heard her for nothing. Um, uh, one of her dogs died. And she, she looked at me and she said, Now, please don't tell me my dog didn't go to heaven. Please don't tell me my dog didn't have a soul and it's not going to be in heaven. I, I didn't say a word. I didn't have that. She was just crying. I didn't have the heart to tell her. No, he ain't going to be there. <laughs> Amen. Who knows I don't like dogs. Surely he ain't going to let me put down dogs around anyway. And... Uh, uh, they got an instinct. They'll be able with the instinct. God put inside them instinct. But you know what God did when He rolled up a man and formed him and put him out there and He made him in His own image? God reached down and grabbed hold of His nose and opened His mouth and breathed in Him the breath of life. Whoa. We have a special place in creation. Not only that, but as believers, we're His children. Sealed in the beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Why shall then we say to these things, if God be for us, who can be against us? Object lesson number two is this. He said, which of you by taking thought can add one cubic unto his stature? The word cubic and stature there, not so much in size, even though the word stature does mean that, but it is also meant in length of life. And really what he's saying here is this. How many of you, all you're worrying, you're going to add days to your life? How many think you can do that? You know what you can do? You can shorten them. It may do that. But you're not going to lengthen it. Number three, object lesson. Number three, the lilies of the field. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. My goodness. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Now he puts his finger right smack on the issue. And that is this, O ye of little faith. That worry is a lack of faith, both in the Word 
and the trustworthiness of God. It really is this. It is believing that you're going to live independent from God. It has an ideal of seeking to handle life and is in finding happiness in your own earthly treasures. And if we just believe this, not just believe it, but the record is there. Men that I've Howard Hughes was a was a brilliant man. Billions, untold how much wealth he had. And yes, he was he was a captive in his his own room, his own room, become his jail, his own jail. Second, it reminds us that one of the cares of this life is not a trivial sin. Because when we worry, we're acting as though we don't believe He's enough. And that He'll really care for us. It, it's, and we're showing we, we're not really living by faith. Number four, when we worry, it's an unbecoming trust. Because of the testimony as God's children. Notice that this is not just a, a nice request. God says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall you eat? Or what shall you drink? Or what withal shall you be clothed? That's a command. And he repeats it. That's a command. So it's a command repeated, but it's a fact to consider. He, he said, you said, but he don't, you don't know, you don't understand. But he does, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He knows exactly what you need. The word seek means to search after stressing towards an object. He knows. See, the unbelieving world is constantly striving after these things. Philippians 4.19, But my God, shall supply all your need according to his riches in the glory by Christ Jesus. And I say amen to that. But then it comes down to a command obey. But seek ye first. 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 Real quickly, God said, Elijah, go down to a widow's house there's a widow there, and she'll take care of you. He goes down there, and uh, he says, Ma'am, isn't amazing? She was there when he got there. Isn't it amazing? Coincidental, yeah. Anyway, she said, said Ma'am, make me a cake. And she said, Sir, I have two sticks. I've got enough meal, enough oil. I'm going to fix me and my son a cake, and then we're going to die. And Elijah said, make mine first. If that was today, here's what we'd say to God. Fill the barrel, fill the oil, and then I'll make you one.
Now, what if I'm not the poor widow woman at Zarephath? What if I'm not her? What if I'm, I'm pretty well to do? What if I'm not her? One day a rich young ruler come to Jesus. What must I do to have eternal life? He wanted a treasure. And Jesus said, Now, sir, you take what's been your treasure, give it away, take up your cross, and come and follow me. The woman had to do hers first. She didn't have none. But he had to give all his away because both of them come to Jesus. If he had come, they'd had to have come on the same level, the same place. She come surrendering uh, enough food and enough meal and oil for one little old cake. That's what she surrendered. He had to surrender it all, but regardless of what you... It's still, when you come to Jesus for eternal treasures, now I'm not saying you've got to give all your money away, but I will tell you this much, it's got to stop being your treasure. Or you'll not get an eternal treasure. There's a command. But seek you first. Seek you first. The kingdom of God. And His righteousness. And then, all these things... What are all them things? All these things we've been talking about in this chapter. Food, clothes, whatever you need. Seek implies a diligence and effort. And, uh, and then there's a promise to claim. He said, and all these things shall be added unto you. Then last of all, when we worry, it's an unwise trust. Now, Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow should take thought for the things of it itself. Sufficient until the day is the evil thereof. Jesus says this. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. He said, let Mark take care of itself. He said, now this is not a mandate against planning and 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 and, and buying, it's not a mandate against that. Here's what he is saying. It's a mandate against what he said in Isaiah. Uh, eat, live, eat, and drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. It has the, I, it's a mandate against that. It's against that. I don't care. I'm going to live for everything I can get today, and I don't care. The point is that worrying about tomorrow robs us of the ability to handle the blessing and the potential and the problems of today. All your worrying will not change tomorrow. Not one bit. Three keys for daily living so we can become good stewards of this gift called life. He's given us time, talents, treasures, temple, truth. There's the principle of faith in verse 30. There's the truth of God as our Father in verse 32. And there's the principle of first things first, verse 33. And if we don't waste the stewardship of life that God's given us in pursuit of life like the lost world around us, one day we'll be thrilled we did. So we 
come back to the same question. Where he is, our treasure, what he is, our priority. I read this and thought a lot about it. Someone quote this and maybe it'll provoke you to think. There's a lot of needs in the world and those needs would not exist or be cut to a minimum if we were all living according to the truth of Matthew 6, 19-34. Someone has said you express love by obedience. I love this. If God feeds me, He has a right to expect my life. I like that. Here tonight, we come all, we, we determine devotion, demand. Now God wants to take you somewhere. Now tonight, every person in this building that's an adult, and sad to say some young people, you are trusting something. What is that? Number one question, is he your heavenly father? Now there's just two fathers. There's a heavenly father. And then the Bible tells us about that you serve your father, the devil. You're one of two. Who's your heavenly father? Number two, where's your treasure? And we all, because you will trust whatever is your treasure. It's all standard.